Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We will get to AJ Pierzynski in just a bit. But first, Joe, when we talk about the ALCS, the Rangers lead it two games to nothing. We get to game three, which is tomorrow. Christian Javier on the bump for the Astros against Max Scherzer. I get that there is a lot of excitement surrounding Scherzer, but he's just such an unknown it's hard to side with him because, I mean, we've seen badgers. We've seen good Scherzer as well. Is that risky? That, that was my first reaction when I saw that he slated to go game three. You're, you're up 2-0. Why not wait a little bit longer? But then, you know, maybe the series turns because that's all it takes in this. We know this. So it, that, it's going to be fascinating to watch when he makes his return. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And what what the Astros can do, we know the hitters are fantastic, no doubt about it, you know, sort of top to bottom. At some point, they have to show themselves, right? Like, even, you know, that nice little comeback they had in game two, it, it, it's got to be there, right? Like, they've just been doing this too long for them to potentially get swept, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it, exactly. It's... What about you? I, I think this price is interesting. You asked me earlier, Texas minus 500, Houston plus 375. Yes, Houston, of course, they're not dead with, with everything that they've accomplished right. in the postseason. They, yeah, they could absolutely win four of five moving forward. But I also look at it and say, is plus 375 good enough for me? No, it's not. That's why I, I would. Right. I, I'm kind of on the fence of that as far as that goes. And that's part of it is that, like, I want a better number to feel comfortable. And I know a lot of that may just be the Astros record uh, in the postseason over the last umpteen seasons that may have something Mm -hmm. to do with this. And, like, you still have Jose Otuve and Alex Bregman and guys like that. And maybe that's one of the reasons why the number is a little bit shorter than it should be. But definitely that's something that we will get to in just a bit. But first... Joining us now, former Major League Baseball catcher A.J. Pierzynski, uh, sharing his Major League Baseball postseason insights. A.J., thank you so much for joining us. And in a way, I should wish you a, a happy anniversary of sorts because yesterday, back in 2005, your White Sox uh, won the American League pennant, advanced to the first World Series for the ball club since 1959. And that pitching staff, unbelievable Four straight complete games. As someone who was uh, part of that battery for these games, I'm curious, what about that run for the White Sox was so special? And is there something you're seeing in the remaining ball clubs in the postseason that mirrors how special things were for you and that run? Well, thanks for having me, first of all. And then second of all, my favorite thing about those ball clubs was we threw four complete games, and that'll never happen again. So we won games two through (laughs) five with four complete games. You'll never see it again. Guys can barely get through the sixth inning now. So, yeah, (laughs) that was the thing that was special. And the thing – you know what? To be honest, the team that reminds me most of us was Philly. The way Philly acts, the way Philly plays, the the swag they have. Listen, when Philly takes the field, they're like, we're going to kick your ass. And uh, for Bryce Harper to Nick Castellanos to Kyle Schwarber to whoever it is, they are – they have that – they just have something. And um, it's fun to watch this. And all these teams are great. Arizona is better than I think people expected. The Rangers are playing unbelievable right now. But, man, the Philly right now, the Philadelphia Phillies, I mean, they just have something. If you were managing a team now, and I know people always ask you about the White Sox, but if, if you were managing a team now, 
Would you go back to, to those days? Would you look at it and say, yeah, I know what the numbers say about third time through the order, boss, but uh, this is the way I'm going to handle on it. Our, 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 our horse has got us here. Uh, I, I want to st- see it a little bit more. Like the Blue Jays were just, they got crushed after <laughs> how they handled their playoffs, and I certainly understand why with uh, Barrios. But what would you do in that spot? I, I wouldn't have taken Barrios out after 47 pitches, I promise you that. No. I don't care what the script says. <laughs> Uh, listen, we talk about it, you know, tune into foul territory. I've talked about it repeatedly. The team that has the best starting pitching wins almost every series. It's crazy. Uh, you just go through whatever, whatever series you want to look at. And people are like, oh, what about the Dodgers when they won in 2020? I went back and looked at it. Their starting pitching was better than the Rays. I, I mean, you know, every game they won, they're starting pitching. Other, listen, in game six when they took Blake Snell out and they shouldn't have, but they were only down one nothing. They used an opener that game. But the other games, Kershaw was great. Um, you know, Arias was great. Uh, Bueller was great. So if you want to win, you still have to have good starting pitching because you can't use your bullpen up. And what happens is your bullpen gets tired and I don't care what, how good of shape they're in or what you do. That's why Dusty Baker has had so much success. That's why the Phillies honestly have had so much success because Wheeler and Nola go deep into games. The Diamondbacks Mm -hmm. need Kelly and, 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 uh, Gallon to go deep in games. It's just the only way to get it done. And, as much as I love bullpens and great bullpens help you win, if you don't have those starters that go deep in games, look at the Astros against the Twins, right? Verlander did well, they won. The second game, Pablo Lopez did well, and the Twins won. Then Javier goes out and shoves, right? And then game four, Urquidy goes out and shoves. That's how you win. I, I, I know that the numbers say something different, but, man, if you have a better starting pitching than the other team and they pitch well, guess what? You're probably going to win. Well, how impressed were you with Eovaldi last night? They left him in, and he got out of a bases loaded jam. That was pretty cool. How do you rate Eovaldi this postseason? Oh, Nate, big game, Nate. I mean, this dude's been unbelievable. Like since <laughs> when he went in 2018, when the Red Sox won, right? And, and he went, he threw like 100 pitches and extra innings and saved them against the Dodgers. I mean, he was unbelievable then, and he's been great for for every team he's pitched in the postseason for. This game, this guy gets it. He goes deep into games for you. I mean, that base is loaded, no out jam. That, that won the game for him last night, obviously. But uh, you go through uh, Diaz, who's a pinch hitter, is known for his bat. You go through Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman, and you don't give up a run. I mean, the game was over right then. You know, going back to this idea of having great starting pitching, I wonder if one of the ways that that can be illustrated is this idea of having different approaches second time through the order, third time through the order. And I'm curious, you know, from your vantage point, because, you know, you did it a long time and you got to work with a lot of different pitchers. How do you adjust your game plan in game when you're seeing a really, really good hitter and you're going to have a lot of really good hitters in the postseason second time, third time through the order? Part of it, I'm sure, is the pitcher having different stuff but also adjusting strategies. Like how does that process come about? Um, Well, it used to be different because when you talk to pitchers now, they're going first inning, they're throwing everything they have. We used to try to go through the lineup one time and only throw fastballs if we had to and be like, okay, if I can spot my fastball for three innings and get through the lineup one time, they haven't seen my slider. They haven't seen my curveball, They haven't seen my changeup. So second time through, we can mix it up a little bit differently. Nowadays though, especially like you talk to like the Rays guys, they're like, oh, we're going max effort, every pitch from the first hitter on, and we're going to just try to get strike everybody out from the first hitter on, and then when I'm tired, they'll yank me out. But, when, you know, back then it was, let's see how deep I can get into the game as a starter. I'll save stuff. You even saw it from, like, Justin Verlander when he first came up. He was 92, 93, 
sixth inning, all of a sudden he ramped it up to 97, 98 because he had it in the tank still. Right nowadays, first pitch is as hard as every guy can throw it. That that's the difference. It's a mindset, and that's the way they're developed. It's it's just a development issue. It's the way teams do it, and so what teams believe in. But you go talk to Dusty Baker, you talk to Bruce Bochy. They want their starters mm-hmm. to ride as long as they can, and that's why Dusty Baker has been so successful because he's got great starting pitching and he saves his bullpen and he saves the bullets as much as he can for later in the game and long series. And the example you just brought up, AJ, what are they dealing with? Yeah, they have great young pitching. Injury after injury after <laughs> injury. So, yeah, it feels like they got to go back and figure out. Maybe we aren't doing things uh, the, the right way 100% of the well, time. Well, yeah, but here's, um, here's, the, yeah. but here's the thing about that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing about that, though. They just find someone else. They're like, okay, next. I know. Right? Mm-hmm. It sucks. They're that good. I mean, it's not. But yeah, but they just like, okay, oh, he blew out. Okay, look at him this year. They lost McClanahan. They lost, uh, was it Kittredge? They lost, I mean, all these guys, right? They, they were all gone. And yeah. guess what? They're like, okay, we'll find someone else to fill in. And they still almost won 100 games. Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're right. And I they keep finding guys. So, yeah, it just, once you get to the playoff, it uh, didn't work out for them. Uh, playoff experience. I want to talk about that because I've heard that a lot with Merrill Kelly going today, like just making his second uh, playoffs a start and then we do have some teams here like Philly we've been talking about on the other side a ton of playoff experience how much do you think that matters uh, I mean they're in the third round of playoffs now I don't think it matters it's gone now I mean Kelly's already mm-hmm. pitched in the playoffs right Nola's pitched forever in the playoffs I mean the whole Phillies team has a bazillion playoff games the Rangers at this point have what seven and oh won six games on the road I mean that's about, what other experience do you want uh, that's about as good as it gets. And, you know, Houston obviously has a bazillion games played. So I, I think the thing about experience is when you lose, you're like, oh, we didn't have any experience. If you win, they're like, we didn't need experience. We we're just good. It's the same with the layoffs, right? Oh, no, they had too much time off. Well, if you win, nobody cares, right? But the team that loses is always like, oh, we had a week off. We had five days off. We got our timing messed up. Well, like I said, on foul territory, you know, the, the Rangers had five off. The Astros had four days off before their series. The Rangers won game one. You didn't hear anything about a layoff, right? It just, it just whoever won, won. Same with the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, right? They had a bunch of days off, but Phillies won. Nobody complained about the time off. I mean, that's more of a media-driven thing, like, oh, they had too much time off. Just go win. Which Phillies player is hitting a home run today? Ah, somebody's it's hard for me, It's hard for me to bet. <laughs> it's hard for me to bet against Bryce. Listen. Bryce is Bryce is so hard to bet against in these situations, especially with the right-handed pitcher. Yeah. I mean, I want to say Castellanos, but when you hit five and eight at bats, it's hard to say like he's going to stay on that pace because that's impossible. Um, you know, Schwarber's getting hot. I, I, if I had to bet, I'd say Schwarber or Bryce would be my two. As far as uh, how long these series will go until we get to this World Series, like how many games uh, do the Phillies need to dispatch the Diamondbacks? And can the Astros make it a series, or do you feel like the Rangers will make quick work of Houston? Well, someone that works for Fox, we need a long ALCS, so I'm rooting for Houston to win yes. some games. Uh, <laughs> plus, I just want good, plus, I just want good series. Uh, Houston plays better on the road. They've been better on the road the entire year. So I, I think they're going to – listen, they couldn't ask for a better guy to go on the road. I'm sure there's pitch taxes, but uh, Christian Javier has been a stud for them in huge road starts the last two years. So I think he'll pitch great. Um, I, I think I think this game – this goes back to Houston for sure. I think Houston probably wins two out of three in Texas, and they go back to Houston and see what happens. Uh, as far as Philly, uh, Arizona's got to win tonight because they have two bullpen games coming up before they get back to Zach Gallen. 
if, if they don't win tonight, that, that series could be over fairly quickly. Man, and, and if that's the case, I mean, Philly's going to be in a great spot no matter the opponent, right? Just, they, they'll have time to line up their pitching. No, too much sounds, rest. I know too much you, rest. <laughs> yeah, right. Too much yeah, rest. they won't be able to handle rested. it. You, you yeah, have that, mastered that the way media, sir. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a tough spot, uh, tough spot for them. But it sounds like you do think Texas-Houston could, even though they're in that 0-2 hole, played well, they've got the experience, all that. Like, Houston can make this six or seven games, right? Oh, easily, easily. They can go to, yeah. they can go to Texas and win two out of three without a doubt. Um, again, they have Javier going tonight, probably your key to game four, both pitch great in the division series. And then you get back to Verlander. So you're like, oh, okay. And, and let's not forget last year in the, in the World Series, uh, Phillies go down 2-1, and everyone's like to Philly, in Philly, and they get crushed in game three, right? And they're like, oh, who's pitching? Mm-hmm. Christian Javier. Oh, what's he got? What'd he do last year? He went out and threw six no-hit innings and threw a no-hitter. So, I mean, and then, then the division series, they lose, they lose game one. Or they, they win game one, lose game two, and everyone's like, oh, the Twins at home. What did Christian Javier go out and do? He dominated and, and dominated them and, and got another win. So these guys aren't afraid of the moments. They're not afraid of the situation. And listen, they've been through it, man. Seven straight LCSs, world, multiple World Series wins, multiple World Series losses. I mean, they are, they've been through it. They know what it's about. You kind of touched upon this already, but I want to ask you specifically about Bruce Bochy. What makes a good postseason manager? Because he seems to keep winning no matter where he is. Uh, communication is obviously the key for just being a good manager in general making sure your players are on the same page, know what they're doing. Uh, for Boach, he, listen, he, used, he was the master, and he still is, of matchups, okay? Master of manipulating bullpen, and he was the master of manipulating the other team. He would say, oh, he'll send out like the Trojan horse, right? Oh, I'm going to hit this guy so the other team would bring in this guy, knowing that he wanted the other matchup, or he would have a pitcher ready and the other team would pinch it and he'd bring him in knowing he wanted that matchup. He was just the master of setting up the other team and getting the matchups he always wanted. Three batter rule has changed it a little bit, but he is just so good at setting up matchups that he wants throughout the game. AJ, I know you've been so busy with the playoffs and foul territory, everything you've got going on. Have you been able to watch as much college football as you usually do? And uh, you got anything on uh, Ohio State, Penn State? Uh, I've watched a little bit. Um, I got to go. I got to go to at least one Gator game. I went to Florida, Tennessee, which was like the best game Florida's played in like ten years. So that was awesome. Um, Ohio State, Penn State, gosh, uh, listen, I, Ohio State, you know, listen, uh, Ohio State is like, uh, they somehow squeaked it out against Notre Dame. I just don't know if offensively, yes. you know, their QB's young, right? That's the thing for me. Penn State, it seems like this is kind of Penn State's chance because, you know, Ohio State's down a little bit this year. I, I know they're not, they're not, you know, they're still Ohio State, but, you know, I think, I think Penn State's got a chance. And I also think the Penn State Michigan game could be huge down the road. The under oh, though on that game. What is what's the over what's the over under in that game? For for this weekend? Yeah, for Penn State, Ohio State. Forty seven and a half. I think that don't you think that's kinda of high? This has all the makings of like a twenty four seventeen slugfest, big ten, nobody can pass and everyone's just trying to run three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah. Yeah, we've been starting to get weather ah. in the Midwest. Like, yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm with you there. AJ Pierzynski, please make sure to check him out on the Foul Territory Show on YouTube Monday through Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern time. AJ, thank you so much. We appreciate it. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. 
This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for the evening. That's right here on the BetQL Network.